0: Hey there, race fans, and welcome to this week's episode of PSD Weekly, the official podcast series of the Patriot Sprint Tour. My name is Paul I'm Great to be back with you guys uh, this week. This is uh, episode 9, and we have a very special guest with us uh, this week, Matt Farnham. Uh, great conversation with Matt, kind of discussing uh, his time racing in a modified as well as racing in a 360 sprint car. We believe not only has 12 starts in a 360 sprint car, and he already has a win that he actually picked up. Uh, at our last event of the season at Penn Can back in uh, September of uh, 2020. And so great conversation with Matt, providing that interview with you guys later on in the program. And uh, it kind of feels like racing season is almost here. It's almost starting because the Chili Bowl just happened this past weekend. And, uh, of course, Kyle Larson uh, continued his inhuman uh, path to success in sprint car racing by winning a yet another sprint car race, which is you know, absolutely crazy. And so he was able to pick up the win. And so that was a really special for him before he uh, moves back into uh, racing NASCAR uh, full time. So not sure how much we'll see Kyle Larson uh, in uh, 2021. And so one thing I kind of wanted to talk about though, especially with the Chili Bowl and, you know, I kind of see a lot of my colleagues though on social media talking about, you know, why is this race taking so long? And, you know to get started i mean i think there was about about a 90 minute period between you know the last of the uh last chance qualifiers moving into the a feature and um i think some people don't, don't often realize the why is there not many live broadcasts of dirt racing events and i think seeing something like that on saturday night kind of provides a good indication of why um you know these networks though whether it's on cable whether it's nbc sports net or fox sports one that provides all the nascar races or then even moving into those primary over-the-air broadcast stations like nbc and fox that provide you know the nascar races is that you know they are allotted a lot at the time you know probably between two o'clock to six o'clock um where the chili bowl is kind of unpredictable and why we can do that and so you know, while they may have rain delays in NASCAR, that kind of takes a while, though, to get the track ready. You know, we have track prep delays. And and so, you know, I think a lot of people though, don't realize, though, why that may be. And uh, I think what we saw Saturday night is a clear indication. And this is also not the first time that we saw that why, you know, these races taking so long to get going um it was just after midnight on the east on the east coast um i personally enjoy it though because i was able to watch you know the buffalo bills game and then we were able to switch back over into the chili bowl and so um you 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 gotta have to also put that into consideration And i think that's why probably streaming services will be forever the you know primary focal point of where racetracks are going to be aiming towards you're never really going to see those live events on your actual TV station with commercial breaks and whatever, and we see, you know, rebroadcasts of racing, whether it's the World of Outlaws or, you know, the Super Dirt Car Series or the Lucas Oil Late Models, and they're all condensed into an hour or two-hour-long program. And, you know, there's a reason for that, is you no know, simply because of time. And so, um, just kind of wanted to put that out there of my thoughts of why we are not. You know, seeing more live broadcasts, those in uh, dirt track racing, primarily all over the country. So, yeah, that's what we're kind of looking at. So, before we move into this week's interview, I kind of want to talk to you about uh, CBP Media. Curse Berlue, founded in 2017, the official media and graphic design provider of the Patriot Sprint Tour, as well as this podcast, Curtis Berlou does an absolutely phenomenal job, in, as well as driver PR, video services, photography, graphic design, uh, a large plethora of services that he can certainly provide for your racing team. So I highly encourage, though, if you guys are looking to kind of take your marketing efforts to the next level, please be sure to contact Curtis Berlou at cbpmedia.com. All right. Without further ado, let's bring on Matt Farnham. All right, we now welcome on uh, now entering his uh, third season in three hundred and sixty sprint car racing. Uh, Matt Farnham. Uh, Matt actually picked up a win with us at uh, Pencan Speedway to end our two thousand and twenty season, and he he joins with me this evening. Uh, Matt, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight.
1: Hey Paul, thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate uh, you
0: having me on. Yeah, you know, like I just mentioned, though, you picked up that first win at Pencan Speedway, and it was um your first win in a 360 sprint car and um would you say 2020 was a success i mean i know we didn't get to get a whole lot of racing but um you were one of the few guys though in our sport in our region though that was able to pick up a win
1: it definitely was a huge success for us and the whole thr team i mean uh to be able to pick up that win like i said we were really fast early in the year the first race that uh we had at ken one with the patriot sprint tour i was fast early on we uh with a really good setup uh, we were quick time practice won the heat race uh from there i mean in the feature we let led a bunch of laps and then had some issues didn't finish that great and i, I still ended up like seventh but not where we should have been and then to be able to go to pen can we had the first show that ended up getting rained out we were quick there and then we we ended up redoing that feature i think i ended up but I ended up, like, third in that one. Fourth.
0: Fourth, actually.
1: Fourth. Yeah, so we ended up fourth in the first one. And then to be able to pick up the first win that in 360s for me it was pretty awesome in that second feature. We unloaded, and we knew we had a pretty good car unloading in that first feature. We just missed the setup a little bit, but that second feature we finally dialed in. Uh, it was pretty awesome to pick up that feature for yep. Trey, Carl, everybody that's involved with us.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and it's only your second, at that point, though, and you're entering now your third year, but this is only your second year of 360 sprint car racing. And going back into 2019 and, you know, you racing with us for the first time out at Mercer and Erie's, though, what was it like, though, to, you know, start out of the gate, though, in a 360 sprint car with the Patriots, though, and, you know, you being very successful right out of the gate?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of parts that were definitely a factor with it. Uh, so, Trey Hodick, who I race for, he, I've been, I've known Trey I first actually met them through Scott, and uh, I started working on their indoor car and stuff while I was still racing like by Dirt Sportsman and stuff back then, and kept working with them, and eventually Trey had a crate sprint car that he had at the shop. We had just kind of put that, Trey asked me if I wanted to drive one time, I hopped in it, and we, we won the first race, and we <laughs> won a bunch of races after that, I'm pretty sure we ended up winning, like, four of the six races that we had went with the crate car. And then Trey had asked me to drive 360. And Scott was definitely a huge part in the beginning, like, like set up-wise, just trying to figure things out. Because there's a lot of different parts of, like, the sprint cars that are a lot different than what I'm usually used to with coming from the modified stuff. And uh, we ended up picking it, like, working with Scott. And, like we and Thankfully, I mean, I know a lot of people, like, there's so many drivers that have different driving styles, and i that's part of it that really has worked out good. And between me and Scott both is that we are able to bounce ideas off of each other and, like, setups that we've run work really well with both of us, not just one or the other. So it's made the jump to going to the 360 stuff a lot
0: easier. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Matt, before we kind of get more into, you know, your these last two seasons of you racing in a sprint car, you know, kind of tell us, though, from like the start to now where you are, though, how Matt Farnham got really interested into racing and to where you are now.
1: So I actually started I was right around seven years old, I think, is when we when I first started racing. Uh, we ended up getting a go kart and racing at Ransomville Speedway and the karts, and I pretty much raced karts there. And when uh, we did a lot of traveling too, like growing up racing the karts and did that. So I was probably right around. Well, over 13. I think I was like 12 when I moved up, and uh, we ended up getting my uh, micro sprint. And I raced micro sprints for a while until I was 15, 15, 16. And then when I got there, I just wanted to keep going. We uh, ended up getting a dirt sportsman, went back to Ranceville and started running Ranceville weekly, and then started touring, doing a bunch more tour racing with the sportsman stuff and traveling more. And, uh, Kept racing with that and then ended up moving up to a 358 modified, did 358 for two years and then uh, ended up getting a big block and then kind of kept going from there. And then, like I said, from there, uh, met Trey and then when I, through Trey, went to the 360 and then to the 410. It's it's been quite a journey so far.
0: What have you enjoyed primarily, though, you know, specifically racing in a sprint car?
1: The thing I probably enjoy most of it, and I mean, it's not just with i guess the hard part is not just with the sprint car it's just racing in general is what i enjoy most is the challenge of figuring it out so like whether it's between i guess for the sprint car wise it's just a new challenge for me is like i said i just i'm always trying like i'm always thinking always trying to build on what i know and just trying to figure out how to set cars up differently and the sprint car definitely provides like I have been racing the sport, like between a sports and a, a small block modified and a big block, like there, like there is a lot of different setup changes, but in general, the cars are the same. So like with a sprint car, like there's a lot of setup parts and different tracks that we've gone to with a sprint car that setups are a whole lot different doing that. So like the challenge of figuring out like how to set up a sprint car it, that's honestly probably one of my favorite
0: parts of it. You know, you mentioned, though, you were kind of a weekly racer for a long time, you know, at Ransomville. And, you know, this past year, though, you were um, did a little bit more traveling as well as you did in the second half of 2019. Is, you know, does that also pique your interest, though? Is, you know, like you said, you brought, you mentioned, though, making things a challenge, though, but instead of seeing one track every single week, you know, you're seeing one track maybe once a month or only once a year. And so you really kind of want to attack that track you know, and hit it right that first time?
1: Oh, for sure, definitely. Like, it's, we see, like, doing a lot of different tracks, I mean, definitely makes you better, like, being able to set up, like, cars differently and, like, being able to go to a track for the first time and being able to be good out of the box, like, right off the trailer and just, like, your setup's on point and cars fast. Like, being able to do, race multiple different tracks definitely helps out in the long run. Like I said, that's another part that from racing, like the modified, so the sprint cars, like I learn a lot of different setup stuff between all of them. So if I think something might work or if I know how a tracks going to be, I like, so like Canadagwa with the sprint cars, like I ran there weekly with the big block. So when we went there with the sprint car, I kind of knew what the track was going to be like. So it definitely helped in the long run with doing stuff like setting up the sprint car and doing stuff like that
0: so you would say though that you know racing a modified and how you attack those corners versus racing a sprint car are they similar or is it just more of the configuration of the track though that you know all right it does get slick here or you know you have to hit this corner at this angle and you know things like that
1: i guess it all kind of depends like tracks i'm pretty sure you've had i, I think jared said that maybe in his uh interview to interview you did with him i like scott has too like New York State tracks are so much different, and I, like, I've like i ran a lot of the tracks up in New York, so going to those tracks now with the 360, when we race with you guys, I kind of know what the track conditions are going to be, so it kind of helps me set up the car in that aspect. When we start getting down to tracks in Pennsylvania, that's where it starts to change quite a bit.
0: One other thing, though, that you were actually able to do this year is also race a 410 I know you guys went to Lornaville a couple times and some other places as well as down south though kind of describe though that experience though because obviously when you race with a 410 whether it's the all-stars or world of outlaws it's a whole different ball game my friend you know especially compared to racing you know last year in the northeast in the 360. Oh
1: for sure uh, I mean the guys that are racing the 410s like especially with the whether it's the all-stars the world outlaws those guys are racing so many races per year so to be able to go in just kind of even just learn and get laps in the 410. The, the 410 in general is a lot different than anything I've ever done. Like, just the power-to-weight ratio, just the way the car acts, whether it's the aerodynamics of it, just all that different stuff, racing in traffic, it's so much different. And I actually, racing with Trey, we got in everything that went on this past year up in New York, like with uh, the COVID stuff, and we raced a lot at Learnerville towards the end of the year. We actually started getting a lot better with the setups at the end In the last race there we did. we end up uh, leading a bunch of laps. end up with the top five I wish we at the end of the year we had been able to race a world outlaw race there learning what we had at the end of the year because just with how many games we had made but the 410 is so much different than I mean, you watch videos and stuff, and you think, oh, there's a lot of simu- like similarities and all that, but once you're actually in it, the cars react so much different than a 360, so just to be able to learn that and do those things was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. But However, though, was there any things, though, that you could take from a 410 that you think benefited your 360 program?
1: Oh, for sure. There, There's a lot of things looking... So, I ended up... The race that we had one at Penn cam with the 360 we there was only the second race i had done with 360 all year i pretty much everything else had been a 410 that i had been in all year for uh spring car wise so i had learned from racing with the 410s like so much more like how the cars handle and it made a huge difference and just how much faster the 410s are and the reaction times that you have to have it kind of slowed everything down in the 360 and just made racing a 360 a lot easier mentally and physically and it also just helped out setup wise and what i thought the car could use better in a 360 and just make the whole program better
0: Matt, is there a track, though, that you still want to get to, though, that you haven't been to yet? I mean, are there tracks that you're kind of looking forward to, whether it's out more Midwest or more down south?
1: I mean, there's a ton of tracks that are on my bucket list. I, I'd like to get – so i braced Eldora in, a, in the Modified a couple years ago. It was two years ago now that we did that. So that was pretty awesome to do that in a mod. I'd love to do it in a sprint car. That's going to be on my bucket list. I'd like to get to Knoxville. Um, I mean there's so many different tracks that I'd like to do like I said we did Charlotte this past year I did Williams Grove in a 360 which I get a look I think going back now we'd be alright but I I'd like to go to Williams Grove in a 410 but that place is even going with a 360 I mean it's a whole different ball game going to some of those southern Pennsylvania tracks I want to get to I, this year at Port Royal would be a big one off my list just yeah.
0: because
1: I think it's the way it's configured and just how it is and watching
0: races from there, like, it just looks like it's a fun time. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned that you raced a crate sprint car, um, and that's where you kind of got your feet wet in sprint car racing, though. Um, that's certainly a growing class, especially in southern Ontario. Um, you see it starting to grow up up, up in the uh, more eastern Ontario area, though. In Brockville, Ontario, though, they're going to have weekly crate sprints. Um, is there anything, though, that as far as from like a crate sprint racing experience though that um maybe that can get people you know i guess it's a good is it a good system though to get started in before moving into a 360 or 410
1: oh 100 like it's what when stars have done and starting that series at Oswego and just the tour that they got going with the crate sprint car now i mean you learn so much setup wise and just how the cars work with the sprint car and just how the cars act in different situations like when you're racing in traffic and just how the cars handle it's i think there's going to be a lot i mean their car counts have shown like how many guys are running now compared to when they started and it's a great starter class for getting going and just learning stuff and hopefully it's just going to help build sprint car racing in the northeast and New York State and Canada and just all that, like, all around just make sprint car
0: racing a lot more prominent up in our area. For sure. And, you know, and it seems like the fans, though, it seems like wherever we went to, especially in a, in a sprint car race, you know, we went to Penn Can, and um, I know we didn't have any fans at Land of Legends, though, but, I mean, from your experience, though, it seems like we're a modified-driven region. However, when we do get the opportunity to see sprint cars on a racetrack in New York, though, it seems like the fans really do come out and support it
1: yeah definitely I mean up New York state wise I mean is definitely like Dirt Northeast modified country and I mean slowly I mean between Patriot Sprint Tour the ESS Tour like it's helped grow Sprint Car Racing up our area and the fan wise I mean whether it's Weedsport, Ranceville, Canadagua fans are always in a normal year, fans definitely always come out to see the sprint cars, which is awesome. Hopefully, like I said, I know the World Outlaws are scheduled to come back to Ranceville this year, which always gets fans coming out. And I, Hopefully in the next couple of years, especially with crate sprint car racing coming more, hopefully as it gets bigger, it's just going to get more people doing it, more tracks wanting uh, just more sprint car racing just to keep the sport growing.
0: Yeah. What is it though? You know, you mentioned tours though, Matt. You know, ESS and the Patriot Sprint Tour. However, uh, Outlaw Speedway though, they're going to be now a Friday night weekly track, which they actually used to be in 2004 though. You raced at and weekly, primarily in a sprint car, at least Scott did. Um, what benefits do you think that provides though, for not only just the racers though, but maybe seeing the same track every single week? Is there any benefit to that? I mean, I haven't
1: raced. Yeah, I mean the closest thing I've honestly probably raced a weekly in a sprint car would be Learnerville. I think like I've only raced a week a handful of times, but Scott's raced there weekly, which helps towards me when I went up there. Is I just had him to bounce ideas off setup wise. So I definitely think racing weekly somewhere you you learn a lot racing at that same place every single week. You can try multiple setups like. One week you try something. If it works, you write it down in your notebook. If it doesn't work, you same thing. You write down that that's just something that's not you like you're not going to try in the future. So that way you just keep building up all that information, and that's like a, I mean we said at the beginning like that's part where I like the most is just in racing in general is just building that notebook and just figuring out what is and what's not going to work
0: yeah for sure and you know like you said the last two years though you've raced in a sprint car with Trey Hodick and uh, kind of describe that relationship with him and then as well as the, you know the plethora of support that he also brings you know with your crew and and whatnot though but I I'm sure it definitely helps though when you got into sprint car racing though kind of having Trey though as a supporter and then also having Scott Cruder and his crew with you though to kind of lead you along the way though to kind of get you you know the successful two seasons that you've had so far
1: yeah racing with Trey's is awesome and it's not just trey like Trey's a big part of it and then also carl Hare, he's a huge huge part of it too and just we have a very good relationship in the fact that we just all work really well together we trey a lot of times we always joke around like he's just like i'm just as crazy as all of them and we always are trying to bounce ideas off each other like doesn't matter what it is like if we think it it might work or if it's not going to work like we're always thinking And between us all like we all just love racing in general whether it's my crew that's just my crew that works on my dirt mod like we've always been together for a, like we've been together for a long time they all come each race I do with the sprint car too and everybody gets along and it just makes everything flow really good and I'm down at, third, like, I'm at the Sprint Car Shop, and my, like, I split days between my shop and there pretty much 50-50, so, like, we're always working on different stuff, and just trying to get the entire program better, and to have Trey and Carl fully on board and help, like, just one to go racing as much as I do just makes it that much more fun, and just makes us that much more eager for this season coming up and just trying to be ready and just wanting to win more races
0: yeah for sure you know and, and back in 2019 though you actually finished second at the canadian spur car nationals behind your teammate scott cruder so obviously that was an awesome night for you know thr and you know just kind of talk about that experience though especially racing in the canadian spur car nationals because that is quite honestly the most prestigious race though that our you know our 360 organization has here in the northeast though and your first time out there though you were able to kind of finish on the podium where there's guys so that have been doing that for every single canadian Sport car nationals and they struggled to crack the top ten, but you were able to honestly get on the podium.
1: It was an awesome experience. I mean, we, I so Scott had sat out that Saturday night or uh, Friday night, the night before the nationals, and we had tried a bunch of stuff on my car. And I, I wanted to race. Trey wanted me to race. Scott wanted me to race. Just to get more seat time in the 360. Just because at that point, I, I think I only had four races in a 360th, and uh, I ended up going out with. I was. I made a couple mistakes, but I, uh, I ended up finishing second the night before the Nationals, and I was leading a bunch of it, which would have been nice to win that one to fully lock in to uh, Saturday's race, And uh, but we definitely learned a lot there, and then, like I said, uh, the actual Nationals on Saturday, it means so much to a lot of people, and I know, like, everybody wants to make that race every year, and I can't even remember how many cars showed up for that but just to see how many cars showed up and uh tried to make just the starting race which was 24 cars I, I think is what they start there and uh it's it was a pretty humbling experience just to be able to make it in my first try and then to be able to start 17th and then have the setup we did and just be able to keep working all night long and then to get to the feature and be able to drive all the way up to second I think it definitely like showed what we were capable of as a team and uh to have scott win it it was it couldn't have been more perfect of a night
0: yeah for sure to
1: it and i know trey trey carl scott myself the entire crew everybody that works on everything like words couldn't even describe how we all felt like it was it just it felt amazing honestly for all of us that we were able to accomplish that
0: you know and was it kind of frustrating though at the same time though matt because you ended the season honestly like you said perfect and then we move into 2020 and covid hit and you know i know you guys were probably really amped up though to you know kind of hit the hit the ground running though in the springtime though and then everything kind of came to a screeching halt come march and then we honestly didn't really hit the racetrack until june
1: yeah it definitely was hard for all of us whether it was not just with the sprint car but with my mod that I mean, we ended the year before pretty good with the mod even just not being able to race as much as we thought we were gonna be able to. Like we definitely ended the year with a lot of momentum and but at the same point we kinda of all looked at it in the aspect of there wasn't anything any of us could do to change what was going on. And it the big part of it was just figuring out what we were gonna do from there and that's I mean, that was the awesome part about like with Trey, Carl and all them. Is that uh, they had the ability and the equipment for us to run a 410 a lot more and to be able to just still go out and get seat time, more laps, and just kind of keep learning and just improving on what we were what we had built on the year before and just keep, I mean, and I think whatever we learned this past year, I think it's definitely going to show next year especially and it definitely showed at the end of the year at uh, Pencan what we like, what we were starting to put into the cars
0: Yeah so you know it's pretty obvious though obviously you want to win more races though but is there an overall goal or a stretch goal per se though for 2021 Matt?
1: I think our goal I mean everybody's goal is always win more races and just finish top three more like I mean you finish top three at the majority of your races you're obviously doing something right and the, the competition that is at any of these races nowadays, I mean, everybody has top-the-line equipment. So anytime we run them up front is always a good day. But I mean, end of the day, I mean, everybody just wants to win more races and hopefully everything opens up. And I mean, our goal would be just tracks open up and we can start running them and just keep. I mean, I still don't eat, like in the 360, I probably only had. Ten to twelve races in a 360 in my entire career, and the 410, I probably have almost the same now. So I mean, my expectations, I think, are a little bit higher than most people's would be at this point. But I think we can go out and win a majority of the races that we enter now.
0: Yeah, you know for sure. And so, well, Matt, I really appreciate though the time though that you know to you know do this podcast interview with us though, but. Hopefully, though, we have, we can get back onto the racetrack, though, uh, fairly soon. Uh, hopefully, as soon as possible, but as well as in a you know, safe nature, though, in the month of April. All
1: right. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, hopefully, we can
0: see you sometime soon this uh, upcoming year. All right. Thank you a lot. Thanks again, Matt. Yep. Have a good one. Really good interview with uh, Matt, kind of uh, talking about his progression of working primarily first in a modified and then kind of... Uh, you know, supporting his uh, his racing time in a 360 sprint car and, you know, kind of seeing how successful he has been. And it certainly does help, though, that he's had a great mentor and, you know, Scott Cruder, who, of course, won a championship with us uh, back in 2012. And, uh, you know, seeing his progression, though, carry over so quickly has been quite honestly astonishing. Uh, he was by far the fastest car at Atlanta Legends uh, when we first started and then obviously had some parts parts failure and, you know, had to fall back to seventh that night and then seeing him race with us at Penn Cannon finishing fourth in the first feature and then quite honestly dominating the second feature. And so um, really good interview with Matt, and, you know, you know, kind of seeing what year three can bring to him and, you know, also also seeing him kind of hopefully representing more so uh, the New York region and also 410 sprint car racing to, um, with hopefully him seeing more shows with the All-Stars and World of Outlaws. And so really good interview, though, that we... Uh, we're very happy to uh, get on and uh before we end uh, tonight's show though obviously want to talk to you guys about Mike Emhoff Motorsports. Mike Emhoff Motorsports the pr- official parts supplier of the Patriot Sprint Tour once again in uh, 2021 uh, his parts trailer is at uh, every single uh, sprint car event that's sanctioned by the Patriot Sprint Tour as well as a lot more and he uh Services any type of sprint car, from 305 sprint cars to micro sprints to 360 sprint cars, even all the way up to the 410s, uh, Mike Emhoff will have a part for you. Be sure to like Mike Emhoff Motorsports on Facebook and visit MikeEmhoff.com. Be sure to subscribe to PST Weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for up-to-date podcast release dates. Every week, we will be releasing a brand new podcast with relatable topics as well as driver interviews. You will not want to miss out on any of the action on PST Weekly, the official podcast series of the Patriot Sprint Tour. My name is Paul Harkiner, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week, and we'll see you again next time.